Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, whatever time frame you happen to be listening to this, and welcome back to a wee bit of monkey business. The gang from Flower City Comic Con bringing you the latest and greatest in all things nerd world, nerd world news. This is Chris Frank speaking to you from the studios of WFC3, as always, with our uh, our close friends and associates and accomplices. We'll use the word accomplices today. Billy DeTori, Tanya Metris, Becca May, Tony Baquetta. Wayne, I don't, Wayne, what's your last name, Wayne? Brown. I, you, Wayne Brown. Yeah. I've always just known you as Wayne. Yeah. I'm so glad that you're a part of this now, too, so I can get to know you a little bit better. And then on the phone with us, as always, the irrepressible Deanna Schulmerich. How are you doing, D? Good. How are you guys doing today? We're uh, having more fun than we conceivably know what to do with. Now, I actually do have to start this one on a, on a somber note, and I apologize, for, and I appreciate everybody kind of doing uh, me a favor on this one. Uh, but recently, I, I am alumni as much as, as the rest of the um, – most of the board and a few of our interns are alumni of the Aquinas Institute of Rochester. And, and this week, uh, we did suffer a, a loss of one of our uh, beloved uh, re, you know, retired teachers, Mary Lou Knapp, uh, succumbed to her battle with cancer this year, or this week, excuse me. And uh, and we just wanted to take a moment to say our piece and say uh, how much we miss her already and uh, how grateful we are that she was in our lives. Uh, so we just take a moment here. And uh, and now a bunch of rutabagas are going to get kicking with... Uh, Talking about our geek stuff, and this week we got a kind of a, of a big one here. Uh, we got kind of a big one. It's the uh, the granddaddy, the of granddaddy the of them all. I mean, we've talked about <laughs> Star on. Trek. We've talked about Star Trek. This well, one would Star is Star Trek. Be the great grandfather, then? Well, I'd say maybe. Um, I mean, not the great grandfather, but definitely the grandfather of the genre. And this would then be the daddy, uh, Star Wars. You know, the imagination of George Lucas dun, that, I uh, don't oh, see, Tanya's going right into the, the Imperial hey, I'm, March. I'm looking at Star Wars stuff right now. So she's, she's studying the computer. She's getting all a bunch of art. There it is. <laughs> Scro- scroll up real quick, T. Scroll up real quick. Okay, I now I, I see the screen that you're on. I've, I've got to, I can see what you're looking at. That's how we can oh. see all our screens. That's so, okay. Yeah. Oh. That's awesome. Yeah. That is phenomenal. Oops. So I'm like, out of the corner of my eye, I'm like, what is she looking at? And I'm like, <laughs> is that questionable material? No, it's a BB-8 motion lamp. Oh, you've got see, you've got enough BB-8 on the brain already. All right, He's so let's cute. So let's talk about Star Wars. Yeah. What was originally in one of the original treatments of George Lucas? Um, you ready for that? This was the full title. The Adventures of Luke Starkiller as taken from the Journal of the Wills, Saga 1, The Star Wars. That was the entire thing that Lucas had on his notebook. That was the original title of Star Wars. Wow. That was a mouthful. Obviously, he's whittled it down a little bit over the years. Really? Probably uh, the studio said no. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Wasn't enough room on the marquee for that. Yeah. And, but but notice a couple of the, the, you know, the, the nuances there. It was Luke Starkiller, not Skywalker. Uh, and mm-hmm. then... I'd seen this reference to the Journal of the Wills, on W-H-I-L-L-S. I'd seen this reference a couple times, but you want to know what? I've never seen anything <clears throat> referring. Wayne, do you, did you know anything about that at all? I've heard of it, but I've never yeah, seen I, it. Yeah, I went looking for information in the past couple of days to see if I could find something that maybe it, it kind of leaked into a, a, like the Enhanced Universe book. They did or... do a uh, comic book, a uh, very brief comic book mm-hmm. series, uh, I forget, like, I think uh, early '90s, where they mm-hmm. actually took Lucas's um, original pilot idea mm-hmm. and um, uh, just created like a what-if universe. Oh, you know, and that happened yeah. recently, as a matter of fact, too. I have a couple. Mm-hmm. I had the first two issues. They were out this past. Um, Han Solo's like spring. this. Uh, this alien. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then um, and uh, and Ben Kenobi is. Uh, 
and Han Solo are actually Jedi's together or something like <laughs> that. It was, it was very peculiar. I'll have to bring those in so we can look Han those over. Han Solo as a Jedi? Yeah, kind of strange, isn't it? It is. <laughs> I don't remember exactly how, or I don't know, but somebody was, there were, there were Jedi's involved in the story that weren't Jedi's in the actual movies, but we'll get mm-hmm. into that. Um, so a single movie created and released in 1977 that created, and I'll use the word, Empire. Uh, it, it created this this monstrous <laughs> thing that uh, that continues and thrives 40 years later. Uh, Billy, do you, do you remember when you saw the movie the first time? I did. I'm old enough to have seen it in its original theatrical run. Same. Same so, here. Um, Same here. But I was five. Saw it at the, I believe, the Cine 1234 on oh, West Ridge Road. my stars. Wow. Wayne, how about you? I saw it at the uh, Pitchford Plaza Lowe's. That's where I saw it. Yep. The one in the back. Uh-huh. Yeah. Yeah. I was, uh, I, let's see, you, Lowe's said you were five. Tanya, you were, I was five. you were five. I was seven. Billy was, you were what, 15? Uh, let's see, the 16, 12? 12? Okay, I didn't think you were that much older than me, so yeah. yeah. My so, mom was about the same age, age as you, Billy. Uh, she, I've heard stories, like, when she went there, she couldn't sit with uh, her then-boyfriend um, because the theater was so packed. Wayne, how about you? 20. You were 20 at the time? Yeah. Wayne's the old man in the crew. Mm. But that's cow. okay. You, you age well, man, I'm telling you. You age real well. Uh, but he must use the force. <laughs> <laughs> Dark but side, I, the dark theater side that, of the force. <laughs> the, the theater that I saw the original movies in uh-huh. is no longer there. No, yeah, just like my, the city. The no, I don't I think so. Field and stream is now. Yes. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um. And and I you know I've told this anecdote a couple of times. I think I've even mentioned it in one of the earlier podcasts where here I was. I was so enamored with this movie, and this was an era where you really didn't. Go back to the movie theater to see the movie, see the same movie over and over and mm-hmm. over again. But here I was at seven, and my dad humored me so so well. Uh, I saw it like 10, 10, 11 times just in the first couple of months after it had been released. I, you know, and that was I. That's not even unusual. People were doing that. It was this was that first movie that really kind of drew so much attention that people were going back over and over and over again. Uh, I up, saw up until then nobody nobody went to the movies that much. Right. It was just go yeah. once and it's that very, was it. It's very mm-hmm. ironic that the studio didn't have too much faith in it. No, um, no. nobody did except for Lucas and uh, Spielberg. Well, Lucas didn't even have. They, he Spielberg. has an anecdote where he was doing an, uh, um, a viewing, a private viewing in one of his uh, studios, uh, and he had Spielberg in there. He had uh, Kubrick and uh, no, not Kubrick. Uh, there was a couple of other you know people who are legends in the in the industry these days. Mm-hmm. But they all watched it and they were all like, okay, they, yeah, yeah, wow, this is not. This is going to be a bomb. This is going to tank. Steven Spielberg was the only one who expressed any faith in it whatsoever. Mm-hmm. Lucas didn't even go to the premiere. He went on vacation to Hawaii. Yeah, Spielberg uh, made a deal with, uh, made a bet with, or it was like a deal with Lucas where uh-huh. um, he would get a percentage of the market of the marketing shares. Just I'd heard that. Yeah, I th- I've heard that well, urban legend before. Well, back then nobody got marketing, and the only reason that Lucas got marketing was because the studio had no faith in the movie, and it mm-hmm. gave them mm-hmm. all the rights to the movie. Gave them like forty percent of the, the marketing. They gave them basically all of the marketing. Yeah, they, it was crazy. Because up until then, science fiction movies did not do well in the theaters. You had, expected to sell a couple toys, and that was yeah, that. Mm-hmm. Well, even then, there wasn't very much marketing because mm-hmm. let's see, up until then, the biggest one might have been. Uh, Planet of the Apes, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. so... And Damn you, dirty apes. That didn't do really well. <laughs> and even the critics um, panned it. 
I was I came across something a couple of weeks ago. Um, it was titled 40 Blockbuster Movies That Critics Got Wrong. And here's a couple quotes from some critics mm-hmm. about Star Wars. The first one was from The New Yorker. It's an assemblage of spare parts. It has no emotional grip. An epic without a dream. Interesting. An epic without a dream. Yeah, I thought okay. that was funny. The second one, about the dialogue, there's nothing to be said. In fact, the dialogue itself can hardly be said. It, is, it sticks in the actor's mouth like peanut butter. Well, yeah. Han, uh, no, Han Solo. Uh, Harrison Ford is, is often quoted as saying something along the lines of, uh, he walked up to George Lucas and said, you may be able to write this stuff, but nobody can say it. Yes. Mm-hmm. You know, it's just the, the, the dialogue was very complex and wouldn't any, and we saw that, and we'll get into this later, uh, or maybe in a later podcast, we'll talk about the dialogue in the in the prequel movies and just how, mm-hmm. how wooden and stone it was. But, um, mm-hmm. but uh, yeah, it, it, we'll go back and, you know, 40 years now, almost 40 years, 39 and a half at this point, and, and we're like, nobody seemed to want to believe that this thing was going to, to fly. It had an original budget of $8 million and, and went over budget by three. They had to, to coax another three out of the studios. So a total budget of $11 million to make this movie. Think of what... That was unreal for a oh, uh, movie back it, then. And that was hardcore, because in, in, in 1970s do- dollars, that's massive. Yeah. But, you know, you put it in the perspective of today's money, $11 million, it's like, you know, please, I, th- I think, um, you know, Johnny Depp's got that in his back pocket. He'll probably do <laughs> Pirates of the Caribbean 10 uh, based on what he's got in his you know, couch. Uh, and think about this now. When Disney acquired Lucasfilm in 2012, yeah. they paid $4.06 billion, billion for it. For an $11 million billion. movie that started it all. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you literally couldn't make a documentary about Star Wars for $11 million. Not anymore. No. Not anymore. No, no not a no. chance. That's amazing, isn't it? It's just to put that in perspective. Now, what, what, what do we want to do? We want to do a review? Let's do a review of the first movie. It was okay. <laughs> it was okay. It was all right. It's just okay. Is I? Is I? It was a ripoff of a lot of like World War II movies uh-huh. and stuff like that, but it was okay. <laughs> what, what, how does it, how do we get from eh, it was okay to oh my God, we, we cannot live without this movie in our life or without this, this whole, is it, was it just the gateway drug? Did, did it do just enough to get <laughs> us peeked be. into this that it, that we that when Empire Strikes Back comes along a couple of years later that now we're hooked? Well, I, I you know because you know we're in Rochester and we're all you mm-hmm. know, grateful to Jack Garner uh-huh. for all of the years he put the movie reviews in the local paper. Right. I happened to find his, his initial review of Star Wars. Oh, you gotta you gotta give me some uh, cliff notes on that. Yeah, the the one thing that that stuck out to me. Um, you know, he goes through and he kind of goes piece by piece talking mm-hmm. about he, you know, um, where did he hear it? Adventure is what Star Wars is all about. Sure, it's set in a futuristic format, but it's closer to the Knights of the Round Table, Treasure Island, Gunfight at the OK Corral, and Dawn Patrol than it is 2001. Okay. So it was almost its true space western. Mm-hmm. Well, space opera that, is what they were kind of calling right. it offhand. Do you see right. it as true science fiction, or is it just drama that is set in a science fiction futuristic right. kind of kind of thing? That's that's exactly All what right. Neil Jack says through it. Uh-huh. It's more, I, um, I think, more science fantasy because there's well, first of all, there's not a lot of science in it. <laughs> it's more, it's, it's 
it's more fantasy when you get into the force and everything. Mm-hmm. You know, like science part mm-hmm. the space. I've had some pretty good debates on campus with uh, other fans, uh, whether or not it's more fantasy or more sci-fi. It's actually really it's yeah, science fantasy. Yeah. yeah. I, I like you know I like how they kind of approach space travel and laser guns and aliens mm-hmm. and stuff. Is just it it was really the first time I was exposed to something that it was just matter of fact. There was no sense of wonder among the characters. This was an everyday thing. You you walk into a, a you know walk into the cantina, you see the guy with the massive you know the red face and the horns and everything, and, and you're like okay cool, and you go about your business. And oh it's you know I'll just jump a, a, a spaceship to another planet. Yeah, I'm just going to head over there. I can get another transport over there. You know, the way that they just kind of handled it in a very matter of fact, it took that that kind of that whole sense of this is beyond anything we've ever seen and, and it made it very regular, very real, very kind of touchable. It was almost a western <laughs> yes. in a way. Mm-hmm. Yeah, in a lot of ways. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, I could see that. Hmm. See, another thing Jack pointed out that I thought was very interesting, now uh-huh. if you consider the time frame this was this was made the special effects and technical achievement are the greatest ever lucas and company have created an unusual and diverse universe and put it before her before our eyes mm-hmm. not once is there a feeling of unnaturalness or fakery yeah it just like i was saying how yeah it made it very real until it, you get to the prequels until you get to the <laughs> And or then until you get to the when you adding the extra star, stormtroopers in on the redigitalized right. yeah. stuff. Well, I hope to. Ha- I'm going to be honest. I hope to never have a conversation about. Um, they can't shoot what he added. You know, over how he kept Ugh. changing it over the years. It's mm. it, it was it was one thing to be this technological marvel uh, to try special effects never even tried before to bring you a new vision that you've never seen before in 1977. But the fact that he has gone back and and altered it. So many times in so many different ways, it's just it, I think it's really stolen some and, of the, the feel get from it. Yeah, the original. It's hard to pick up the original version. The one that of hasn't Star been Wars. right. Digital, the, re-digitalized. He wants you to have the his vision of what it is today, and it could be. You'll never years, see a Blu-ray change. of the Star Wars that you used to know. I yeah. don't know if that's actually going to be the. Ca- I heard a rumor recently there was a rumor that, there was, they were that, that try somebody's to do doing it. that. Yeah. Really. Well, It'd have to be Disney. And yeah. d- as we all know, Disney will make money off of anything they can make money off of. They're good mm-hmm. at that. Well, so. there, speaking of Disney, there is an interesting tidbit. Um, Disney owns the digital distribution rights to all the Star Wars films mm-hmm. except A New Hope. <laughs> really? Yep. He Did George Lucas hang on to that one? I'm, I'm assuming he did. That's amazing. That really is. That's amazing. Well, I happen to see here, because I'm playing on the computer, um, there is an original uh, 1977 Star Wars 35mm print that's been restored and released online. There's no Jabba, no CGI, and Han most definitely shoots first. (laughs) That's the one. I'm going to say on behalf of everybody in Flower City Comic Con, Han shot first. Okay, that's it. That's done. That's uh, that's going to put it in the books. We're, well, we're supporting that. It's like that. when they did E.T. and then they took out the guns and replaced the guns with walkie-talkies because right. it's like, no, Han was a bad guy. Well, he wasn't a bad guy. He was a questionable guy. I think he, was he was a, a scoundrel. scoundrel. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> to, to, <laughs> he was a skellywag. <laughs> He's a rogue. He's I, like I a swashbuckler. S- He's like that, that pirate. Yeah. We were talking right. about it recently where I think... Um, He's hot. Sorry, <laughs> I just had to get that in there. Wow, no, I love I'll Harrison Ford. On Come on, one. He's yeah. Hot. Who who wants to be a bug, a fly on the wall when uh, Han Solo walks in, uh, into a, a small little restaurant and sits down with Malcolm Reynolds and has a beer with him? Yes. 
All right. Oh, Han Solo and Malcolm Reynolds having a quick beer? chat. Yeah. <laughs> I just want to serve that. <laughs> Chris, I got a quote that Jack has from the review Shoot. from George from George Lucas. Yep. Um, he said his goal in Star Wars was to make an action movie, a movie in outer space like Flash Gordon used to be. Right. I'm trying to make a classic sort of genre picture, a classic space fantasy mm-hmm. in which all the influences are working together. Okay. Well, wasn't the crawl of the of the intro uh, nod to Flash Gordon? Yeah, in a way. Yes. Yeah. Yes. And that's the thing. I mean, George Lucas has always been kind of most influenced by those serials that he grew up yeah. watching as a kid. You know, you can see it even in the, the way he approached Indiana Jones with Steven Spielberg. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, that the, these were his main influences. This is the kind of, you know, thing that he wanted to capture. And, and to another point, you know, Quentin T- Tarantino was actually, you know, kind of inspired by the same thing, he, but in, a, in an entirely different way, mind you. But, um, you know, far less, a far more bloody version of it. But, mm-hmm. but yeah, you know, we see how... Um, movies and entertainment of, I don't know, yesteryear for a way better has influenced you know the present and future and going forward. Mm-hmm. Um, but that's how Lucas rolls. You look at mm-hmm. American Graffiti. Yep. that was an homage to him growing up in the fifties. Yep, that's it exactly. So that that I think that's Lucas's mo in just about everything he does. It's to pay honor mm-hmm. to the things that influenced him that he likes and to make sure that people understand it and never forget it. Well. He certainly managed to uh, to keep that in our consciousness now. Mm-hmm. But a lot of people forgot Howard the Duck. Yeah, and we're trying to. Thank you for reminding. <laughs> and we Except will continue for in, to try like, to the, uh, flashbacks. Thor uh, movie. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Oh, was it? Oh, yeah. Was the was it Thor? Guardians of the Galaxy. Guardians, oh, Guardians of the Galaxy is where, yeah, where Howard yeah. shows up. I, I knew it was one of those Marvel movies. Yes. Yeah, he was in the Collector's <laughs> Museum. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Ay, ay, ay. I saw that movie. So moving on. We're in 1977. We've got this this. You know, we won't call it a masterpiece. Yeah, well, I, but I think it was for the time it came out. It was, it was groundbreaking in the time it came out because mm-hmm. up until then, you didn't have anything like that. True, and, and that brought everybody together. It hit at the right time. Okay, mm-hmm. no, you know what? That's a valid point. Mm-hmm. I mean, I think about the special effects they use. Mm-hmm. You know, the you look at Star Trek, and that was just. I'm, I'm going to say it, it was bad special effects. It truly was. Still, it was groundbreaking in the '60s, <laughs> right? You know. But you look at Star Wars, uh-huh. and it's like, wow, you know, it doesn't look cheap. It doesn't look fake. Mm-hmm. It R- looks real. Right. I'm looking at um, the review from uh, Roger Ebert from January of uh, uh, 1977, mm-hmm. and. Uh, he says that the movie works so well for several reasons, and they don't have to do with the spectacular special effects. But they say that it relies on the strength of the pure narrative, the most basic storytelling form known to man, just the journey mm-hmm. going from point A to wherever it mm-hmm. ends. And how, how many times has that journey been copied in other movies now? You know, honestly, oh, yeah. where, you know, you have, I don't, I'm, I'm going to admit that, a lot of movies, a lot of the great movies before 1977, I don't have a lot of experience with personally. I didn't watch a lot of the older movies. I mean, my favorite older movie is Patton, you know, the, mm. the, the war movie from 1970. <laughs> All right. But for me, to see that, um, that, that mysterious teacher coming out of the woodwork to bring the, the young hero forward, 
You know, that was a first for you me. You didn't watch a lot of Chop Saki movies, did you? No, I didn't. I really didn't. <laughs> I, yeah. I, I didn't. A, that was prevalent in a lot of them. Okay. And, and you, you had mentioned that, you know, where he was drawing his influences from. And it's well documented, Kurosawa and all of those, yeah. the, you know, the, and, the legendary movies. one of the movies. things is um, Gene Roddenberry, uh-huh. he, he was adamant that Star Wars stole his money. Because, because <laughs> for years before Star Wars came out, he'd gone to Paramount saying, "I got the, I got Star, I got Star Trek. We uh-huh. should need to make a Star Trek movie, TV, new TV series called right. oh, it was called Phase Two. Mm-hmm. Right, I remember that. And then Star Wars hit and made a bajillion dollars, and then Paramount said, "Don't we got something like that?" And it's like, "Hey, you want to make a movie? We'll give you some money to make a movie." Right. And that's where you got Star Trek, the motionless picture. The motionless picture. <laughs> oh. oh, we're going to get into that in another podcast, Wayne. But I, I'm very glad you said that because it kind of touches on some other things I was thinking about Trek. But, you know, we'll, we'll get into that down the road. Um, I'm actually going to write that down while somebody else is telling me something interesting. Come on, somebody tell me something interesting. Um, I'm reading interesting. this. It says from the New Yorker, Star Wars is like getting a box of Cracker Jacks, which is all prizes. That That's, like, amazing. That's <laughs> cute. It, it is cute. It's like, oh. And, and a lot of people, a lot of people who look back on Star Wars now, I guess that's another reason why Lucas does all the new changing to the special effects, making them more digital. Because mm-hmm. a lot of people are like, "Oh, the special effects in Episode Four suck." Because they're all you can see the matte lines on the spaceships. Mm-hmm. You can see it just the green screen doesn't look really well. But that was great for back then. Oh yeah, that was you got to keep it in the perspective. And it, it's I mean, like, that's part of the charm and allure is that mm-hmm. you see how simplistic it was 40 years ago up until what they're doing now. So you see the evolution mm-hmm. of technology. And I think that's another interesting part mm-hmm. is that this franchise has been able to change and adapt with the times and still maintain its entertainment and its value, value yeah. all along the way. Mm-hmm. What, we, got, we got some great perspective in the room today. Because we have us, the, the veterans, Billy, Tanya, myself, Wayne, Deanna on the phone. You know, we, we grew up with this, literally grew up with this. We, we mm-hmm. all can remember seeing it as, as small kids or, or not so small kids. Sorry, Wayne. Um, but we also have in the in the studio with us is two of our interns, Becca hey. and Tony, who are decidedly much younger of, <laughs> of, than us. A fraction. Much, much younger. A, a fraction of our age. These children, these whelps. Um, 19 and uh 16, 16 respectively. 19, yeah, see, and no, I'm not. I'm not abusing any child labor laws. I'm actually, you know, I'm actually on. They're the, volunteering. Uh, they're volunteering, and and we're making sure they have proper union, you know, breaks and things like that. <laughs> um, but no, at 16 and 19, you guys grew up with, you know, the the big blockbusters of of the modern era, of the 21st century. Um, you know, Harry Potter and what, the imagination and the wonder and the, the effects behind that. You saw the prequel movies, you know, and and all of their CGI glory. Uh, you got to see, you know, the, the more recent Star Trek movies, Next Generation, things like that. You get to see all those those movies that we were like, oh, my God, that's so much better than that. Oh, we've, we've been seeing the evolution. Honestly, towards. you can take all those back and give uh-huh. me my and give me the original Star Trek. Tri- uh, sorry, Star Wars trilogy uh-huh. trilogy. And I would be content. You would. Yeah. Wow. All right. <laughs> There's hope for this generation yet. <laughs> He's just saying that to pacify Star Wars, you. Episode yeah, five. Yeah, probably. Um, I don't pay the him Empire enough. Strikes oh, Back. Empire is the best. Yeah, it's my That's favorite that movie is the one. of oh, all yeah. time. And you talk to any good, you know, any diehard Star Wars fan. Yeah. Well, that could be arranged. That could be arranged. Yeah. <laughs> um, 
I, and, and I think that's just common. That's common among all the really diehard Star Wars fans that Empire Strikes Back is the best of the movies. Uh, it has that intensity. It has the tone. It has the darker edge to it. It's not some bubblegum thing. And you want to know what the interesting tell thing me, is? Tell me what um, you think is interesting. Lucas wasn't the primary director for it. No. No. no was, Irvin Kershner was. Yes, yeah. it was. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Lucas wrote it with Lee Brackett and Lawrence Kasdan. Uh huh. That was probably the one he had the least amount of input on. Right. Mm-hmm. And I think and that Roger kind of Ebert tells you a lot. It's the best. Yeah. And that kind of tells you a lot. I mean, the, you, you take Lucas's uh, influence out, the more directing, you get, let him inspire, let him kind of say, this is the story, and, and then let everybody else fill in the blanks, and boom, there you go. You've got yourself the best Star Wars movie of them all. But I've seen mm-hmm. a lot of younger fans out there, they think Revenge of the Sith is the best movie of them all. And the do they give you any or- reason for that? I mean, I do you hear know. them telling about Revenge of the Sith as in the new one of the prequels? Pre- yes. Prequel number yes. three. Ugh. Number Sorry. three. Oh. It's, better than Empi- <laughs> it's better than Empire. And it's like, I guess it's because they can't watch Empire because it affects her so bad. But mm-hmm. I I think it's the writing was excellent. It's like, it was a great movie. Of, of so you're saying... Uh, of the prequels? Ren- oh, oh, oh. Revenge of the Sith? No, no. No. No, those are those are bad. Mm-hmm. But uh, the original episode five, mm-hmm. and it's like Empire Strikes Back. Empire yeah. Strikes Back is like the best. It is, oh yeah, it's 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 like Shakespeare. Mm-hmm. You know? It really is. I mean, there's <laughs> there's there's a way the story develops. The, the yeah. you know the the intricacies of, intricacies of the characters. You you start seeing the heroes not just uh, succeed, but they're flawed right. and they make mistakes. And and I think that hits home with people. The fact that Luke mm-hmm. Skywalker is not perfect. That Darth Vader you know, is not perfect. Mm-hmm. He started out as a flawed, and, and you see, you know, where he ended up. It's mm-hmm. very interesting. You get a bit of the backstory in Empire about Vader. Mm-hmm. But, Well, did, know, anybody see, did anybody say, no, I'm your father? Did anybody see that coming? No. no. Mm-hmm. It was the yeah. biggest, like, cinematic yeah. plot twist Ever. up to that point. Ever. Yeah. And I just, mm-hmm. like, love how... Empire has gone on to um, just be an inspiration for some TV show aspects and mm-hmm. and other movie things mm-hmm. like in the most recent Captain America movie with uh, Spider-Man going around the big, yeah. was it Ant-Man? Ant-Man. 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 Yeah. Giant-Man? Giant-Man. Giant-Man, Giant-Man yeah. something like that. And then I just movie. watched yeah. one of the DC shows this week, uh-huh. and they were trying to do Empire, and they're like, yeah. Empire of the Sun? They're like, no, Empire Strikes Back. Yeah. Yeah. As Caitlin Snow goes, Empire Strikes Back, she goes, hey, even I've seen that yeah. type thing. So it's just great how they're still bringing back one of the It's the cultural, the global cultural consciousness is, is, is these movies. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, um, I was going Where to somewhere. go here. I was, yeah. Well, the, the the natural progression of when you talk about Empire Strikes Back, the natural progression is to go on to um, Return of the Jedi. Ewok. And I'm not. I, In, please don't make me talk about the teddy bear dance party. <laughs> jub, 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 whatever. Yeah. Nub, nub. <laughs> nub, nub. Nub, nub. Okay. Yeah. Um, but for all the hate that the uh, uh, Return of the Jedi gets, one of the most iconic moments in mm-hmm. movie history the slave leia oh yeah mm-hmm. oh yeah which disney oh, that's like a of course <laughs> when i say return what, what's the most prevalent image in your head okay maybe in Ewok. not in my head if you look, <laughs> if, you look at, if you look at san diego comic-con they have the slave girl leia they do 
the contest. The contest. contest. It's its and own like category. Hundreds of women dressed oh, as Slave Girl boy. Leia. Yeah. And the one thing Disney's done now is they got rid of Slave Girl Leia. Mm-hmm. You can't pick up. So everybody wants to pick up a Slave Girl Leia if you can find one now. Because you can't get one. Because and Jabba Disney's the Hutt's running. Friendly. Yeah. And Jabba the Hutt's running for president. He is. It's true. <laughs> <laughs> Becca's laughing. She has not seen that. No. Yeah, yeah there's there's Eve, there's crooked that. Leah. She's she's yeah. saving she's, uh, data she's on a private server. server. I better vote for this guy, and the this guy is Jabba, Jabba the, the Hutt. Hutt. Yeah, <laughs> that, I think that, that boils that boils this whole whole mess of our our political system down in one one framework. <laughs> well, don't forget, it's the sixth of November. Yesterday was the fifth of November. Remember, <laughs> remember the fifth of, of November. November. Well, depending on another podcast, oh, <laughs> depending on when you're listening. To I plan. This, I do. Yeah. I do plan on talking about uh, V for Vendetta down the road. Yes, God, that's on my list. So people know now what day that we're. Uh, Recording, recording this, recording this. Yeah. At, at the li- with the list of things I'm doing, I can push it to the next no- November 5th, but that's fine. <laughs> by the time you hear this, yes, President Trump. Oh, oh God! No. Oh God! Is that God. your prediction? You know, no. That would be a good no. thing. Politics and science fiction. There's yeah. a lot of movies and TV shows. That yeah, do politics and science fiction. A- absolutely. You know what? And that's I'm going to write that down too. Wayne's just feeding me podcast ideas today. <laughs> well. You look at the uh, Star Wars politics. Mm-hmm. Sitting and talking. Yeah. And yeah. more sitting and talking. And walking and talking. No, and communing and talking. <laughs> and force choking and, and then force. talking. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, I have a t-shirt that I bought at Fan Expo a couple years ago. It's, mm-hmm. it's uh, Vader and the Stormtroopers. It says, eliminate terrorism, support the Empire. There you go. <laughs> That's it. I'm waiting for them to do a movie based on the Empire. Or, or Star Wars told from the viewpoint of yes, the Empire. That yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like, like yeah. Wicked. Yeah. I enjoy that. That would be yeah. interesting, especially I, like if you do it from the perspective of a low-level stormtrooper who doesn't know any better. He's just follow, He's just trying to follow right. his orders. Uh-huh. Yeah. Well, look, look at the 501st. They're all basically... It's the other side. The it Empire. Is. So <laughs> let's have a, a movie based on their exploits. Well, we're going to pick this up, and that's the thing I knew about Star Wars. You start talking about it, you can't stop. It's, it's it's just one of those things. Wind me up and watch me go. That's it, exactly. <laughs> so so what we're going to do is we're going to wrap this particular podcast up for now because I always like to try and keep them at about a half an hour so we're not you know, going too far. Into- this is definitely to be continued. This is to be continued very soon. This is episode... Well, no, this is not episode <laughs> six. Of the, yeah, no, this, is, seven, five, four. this is episode one of our Star Wars talk. <laughs> yeah, we don't know how many we'll have eventually. Yes. This is a new hope for me that I actually know what I'm talking about half <laughs> oh, the time. Man. All right. And there we go. We're going to close it up. Jedis and Sith, this has been Monkey Business, a Mighty Monkey production. Monkey Productions of Rochester, New York, creators and presenters of the Flower City Comic Con. Presenting their second show, May 20th and 21st of 2017, at the Rochester Riverside Convention Center. Follow us on Facebook, www.facebook.com slash FC3ROCK, R-O-C, slash yeah. <laughs> We're not talking about Slash this this podcast. We're not talking about Slash. <laughs> Unless you slash him with a lightsaber. Easy. That's Luke yeah, and Han Slash. slash. With the lightsaber. <laughs>